the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed it is. A good morning to you. Thanks for being with us as we get started at six minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday. It's the 25th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Coming up on the program, we have a, f- a couple of very important things to do. At 10.10, one hour from now, we'll talk to Jack Windsor. We were scheduled to talk to Jack Windsor about what's going going on in certain Ohio schools with respect to hiding indoctrination from parents, particularly down in Powell at Olentangy schools. Uh, and we will do that, but we'll also get Jack Windsor's thoughts on what's going on right now, uh, of course, in Texas, which will be our lead story in just a moment. Then at uh, 11.10, one hour after that, we will talk with Neil McCabe of the Ohio Star. And Neil is going to talk about that as well. Neil has some expertise in the area of Second Amendment rights, in the uh, area of guns, in the area of gun control, and everything that is dominating our national and our local conversation here this morning. So Jack Windsor at 1010, Neil McCabe at 1110. We're actually bumping another interview that we were going to do because we do want to stay focused on the obvious importance of what happened yesterday in Uvalde, Texas. And before I get into my commentary on that, I'm going to ask you to stand now 
as a patriot. And please, I know it's a little early. Usually we don't get into this till a few minutes later. But uh, I do want to be undistracted from my thoughts and uh, comments on what happened in Uvalde, Texas, and what is happening as a result of that. So, patriots, go ahead and stand and face your flag if you have one. If you don't, that's all right. If you are a believer in liberty, you will join us for this pledge. If you are a believer in erasing the Bill of Rights for millions and millions and millions of Americans because of the actions of one or a small handful, then you don't believe in this flag. And you have no reason whatsoever to stand and pledge allegiance to it. Go ahead and take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. For the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, there's a, there's a lot of ground to cover here. I'm sure you've been watching. You can't really escape it if you are into the news at all. Um, you, can't re- you cannot really escape the, the coverage 24-7 of what happened in Uvalde, Texas yesterday, and, of course, the politicization of what happened yesterday, the tragedy of at least 19 children and two adults killed at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde. An 18-year-old clearly deeply disturbed, psychologically imbalanced, mentally impaired uh, student killed his grandmother first before going to the school in Kevlar uh, 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 protection and took a handgun, potentially a rifle. That's not confirmed. They continue to say maybe, but it doesn't matter. Took firearms into the school and began killing indiscriminately. 18 children or excuse me, 19 children we know for sure, and at least two adults, and we'll get final counts on that, obviously, as more information comes in. But that's that's uh, just a part of the story. Rather than focusing on the trauma suffered by the victims and the families of the victims, rather than trying to bring the nation together in a warm embrace, rather than trying to bring people together, in a common purpose of supporting those who are suffering in an, un, in an unimaginable way right now, the dumbest man ever to hold the presidency of the United States decided it was a time to go on a rant, attacking people, everybody he could find that wasn't himself, that wasn't like him. The NRA, conservative people, Second Amendment supporters, members of Congress who believe in the Constitution. He went on a rant yesterday, rather than supporting the families and supporting the people and talk about what needs to be done to deal with rampant, out-of-control crime in this country, he decided to focus his ire on the individuals who refused to acquiesce to his dream of getting rid of weapons. That it's not the fault of the user, it's the fault of the weapon. What he did, what he said yesterday, was shameful, was embarrassing. In particular, his repeated, ridiculous reference to hunting as he goes after weapons, guaranteed the American people for their own protection by the Constitution of the United States, guaranteed the people for protection against threats, foreign and domestic, 
and including an out-of-control radical government, if need be. The way we did when the country was born in 1776. He continues to conflate Second Amendment rights with sport shooting or hunting in his wild, out-of-control, disjointed, incoherent messaging yesterday. That's all Joe Biden managed to do. The idea that an 18-year-old kid can walk into a gun store and buy two assault weapons is just wrong. An 18-year-old quote-unquote kid can join the United States military and be trained on the most advanced weapons in the world, including military fully automatic rifles. And he's acting as if, oh, 18-year-olds can't have guns. 18-year-olds are considered adults in the United States of America. And they can pick up a weapon and fight for the country to defend this country. And he wants to just make this about 18-year-olds shouldn't be allowed to have guns. What? What in God's name do you need a solvent for except to kill someone? That is exactly what you need a, quote, assault weapon for. That is precisely what weapons are for, whether you brand them with the assault modifier or not. Sometimes you need higher capacity weapons because the threat you face is high capacity. Yes, those weapons are created to kill people. They're not intended, though, by the Second Amendment to kill people in an illegal fashion as a criminal, but rather to defend against criminals, to defend against people killing indiscriminately mass shooters. Does this man ever, ever think before he opens his mouth? Durant running through the forest with Kevlar vests on, for God's sake? Answer, no, he doesn't. That is about the 428th time in his presidency he has talked about, you know, you must be a terrible shot if you can't hit the deer with, with just six bullets. If you need that many rounds, you're a terrible shot. What are they wearing, Kevlar vests out there? Let me scream it from the cheap seats. Since nobody who's in Let's Go Brandon's inner circle will say what needs to be said to him and whisper at him and say, Sir, the Second Amendment and Americans' right to bear arms has nothing to do with deer hunting. It has everything to do with personal and family protection against threats, many of which come from threats that are much bigger than being able to handle with a six-shot weapon. It's just sick. Yeah, yeah, it is. This is also sick. Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone? To have the courage to deal with it and stand up to the lobbies. It's time to turn this pain into action. For every parent, for every citizen in this country, we have to make it clear to every elected official in this country, it's time to act. It's time for those who obstruct or delay or block the common sense gun laws. We need to let you know 
that we will not forget. We will not forget your atrocious so-called leadership during this terrible, terrible time either. You're right about one thing. It is time to act. That action is not to strip guns out of the hands of, of 150 million American gun owners because of the actions of a very, very few gun owners. I'm waiting for you to call for a ban on trucks because of a a, a Waukesha, Wisconsin, radical black activist who said he wanted to take down white people driving a truck through a Christmas parade crowd of exclusively white people, hitting as many of of those people as he can as he weaved back and forth. You remember this? Wait a minute. We wouldn't take the keys away from millions of American truck owners because one guy used his truck in an illegal way, right? Yet he wants to take guns out of the hands of millions of legal gun owners because somebody used that used his in an illegal way. It is not about the weapon. It is about the weapon holder. It is not about the choice of how somebody who is demented, depraved, insane, disturbed. It's not about the weapon that they use when they kill. It is about the fact that they are trying to kill. It is about finding ways to protect their potential victims. Because taking guns out of the hands of legal gun owners isn't going to do that. Memo. Memo to Joe Brandon. Get this through your very, very declining, cognitively declining skull. See if you see if you can absorb this. Understand this. The American people cannot defend themselves against people who don't obey your new gun control laws if they themselves have been disarmed. Do you understand that? Criminals, by their very definition, commit what? Crime. It's the root word in criminal. People who commit crimes don't obey laws. So you can pass all of the gun control laws that you want. You can outlaw them completely from everybody and repeal the Second Amendment. And you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen, you slow-witted geezer? Criminals are still going to get their hands on guns because they don't obey laws. And then they will have complete, unobstructed access to a nation of victims. The law-abiding people won't have guns. The criminals will. This is not about controlling guns. It is about sniffing out the problem. It is about identifying them. And most importantly, it is about protecting the defenseless. Which brings me to this. A number of conservative elected officials, not just conservative, let's rephrase. A number of um, constitutionally minded Second Amendment supporters who are elected officials and who are commentators, former FBI, former FBI directors, spoke last night about what really needs to happen here. And what really needs to happen here is protecting kids in their schools. Protecting children where they are 
for seven hours a day in a very vulnerable place, protecting them against just the kind of threat that we saw happen in Uvalde, Texas yesterday. Like every mass shooter, especially the young ones, this one was flashing red, it appears, which is no surprise. I mean, they, they, always, they seem to always communicate uh, threats. They seem to articulate what they're thinking, their state of mind. The people around them can't help but notice that. We don't know whether anybody reported this and whether any, any law enforcement officer ever had any contact with him over this. But I do school security assessments uh, quite often. And I advocate always for an armed security guard at every school, especially the elementary schools where the little ones can't run, hide, fight. You can't do that with the, with the little ones. They don't have the, you know, the acumen and the wherewithal to do that. That's a former assistant FBI director, Chris Swecker, who advocates for armed police officers or armed security guards or at a bare minimum armed staffers who are trained and certified in every American school, particularly elementary schools. The left can't stand this idea. The left has been ridiculing of this idea since Parkland, Florida. Since since uh, uh, Sandy Hook in Connecticut. Since Chardon, Ohio. Every time we have one of these instances happen, we talk about who's protecting the kids in the schools. And the left says, no, 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 you can't put guns in schools. No, schools have to be gun-free zones. Walk to the front door of every school, and that's what you will see is a sticker on the door with a picture of a gun with a with the, uh, no-gun sign through it, you know, the block through it. No guns allowed here. Well, that'll keep a killer out, won't it? No, we can't put armed guards in schools. No, we can't have armed police officers in schools. What's the matter with you people? We should just ban guns. That'll do it. I uploaded a video to my webpage last night because I just needed to say some things. You can find it all at uh, alwayswrite.us, but I'll, I'll give you the gist of it right now. We put armed police officers in arenas to protect singers and bands and stage performers and concert goers. We put armed guards in stadiums to protect football players and baseball players and ticket holders. We put armed guards inside crowded, busy nightclubs to protect people, bartenders, waitresses, and DJs, and, and, and drinkers. We put armed guards in government buildings to protect politicians. We put armed guards in courtrooms to protect judges and jurors and witnesses. We put armed guards in banks to protect our money. But we can't put armed guards in schools to protect our children? The most vulnerable among us? We can't protect our kids with armed guards? What is wrong with you people? How can you advocate for armed guards in all of those other facets of public life, but not to protect your kids? Why does the left hate kids? They refuse to protect them in the womb, and they refuse to protect them in their schools. Joe Brandon, stop attacking the weapon. Start attacking the problem. Start protecting children.
It's 923, Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Coming up on the 930 News here, but I, I just want to ask you your opinion of this. I want to get to the phone calls after the bottom of the hour news at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Which approach seems most reasonable to you? Considering the fact that every one of these mass shooting instances ends the same way, when good guys with guns show up on the scene, when other guns show up on the scene to shoot back at a, at a mass shooter, one of three things happens. Either the shooter gives up and surrenders and puts his gun down and stops shooting, or the shooter is shot by the good guy with the gun, or the shooter kills himself. Either way, the threat only ends when more guns are on the scene in the hands of people there to stop him. So I ask you, which would be the more reasonable approach here? Waiting for police to arrive who are minutes away, depending on the rural location or the more centralized location of the school, maybe many, many minutes, in which case, hmm, 15, 20, 25 people can die before the good guys with the guns show up. Or would it be better to have the good guys with the guns on the scene, in the school, ready to protect the kids now, before 15, 20, or 25 people are killed. It's going to take the same thing to stop them every single time. Somebody willing to fire back at them. So the only question is, is a matter of time. Do you want them within seconds, or do you want them confronted within minutes? The difference is lives. Give me your thoughts at 216-901-0945, Always write radio on AM 1420, The Answer. We continue AM fourteen twenty. The answer always right. Radio. Make sure you check out first thing every morning. Always right. Us. Always right. Us. The video that I uh, recorded last night is up front and center. I've also posted it on my Truth Social account. If you're on Trump's Truth Social, find me at Always Right WHK there. And I'm I'm basically asking the same questions there that I'm asking of you now. You do recognize, right? Even if you're a leftist. And I, and I sometimes just question whether leftists care about children at all. They won't protect them in the womb. They won't p- protect them in their schools, not with armed guards, not with armed police. 
I, I just can't help but wonder, do leftists like children at all? I want you to understand that every mass shooting ends that same way I just described. It only ends when guns arrive on the scene. Guns save lives. Okay? Guns save lives. The only question is is whether you want those guns there in seconds or in minutes. Right? If there are armed guards in a school building protecting the children from uh, an unexpected mass shooting event, they can perhaps save dozens of lives. If the armed guards are minutes away in cruisers somewhere on patrol, they can't save those dozens of lives. But understand this, every mass shooting ends the same way. It's A, B, or C. A, he surrenders. B, he gets shot and killed by the police. Or C, he shoots himself. Which is the cowardly way out, but it's the way out that so many of them take. Why won't we arm the guards, put armed guards in the schools? Why won't we do what security experts everywhere have suggested we need to do? I gave you the audio a few minutes ago of a former FBI assistant director. Here is a different former FBI assistant director. And that there are billions of dollars that were given to schools across the country for COVID relief. And that money has not been spent. That money is just sitting there waiting to be spent. And I think maybe a common sense idea would maybe take some of that money, a couple billion would do it, and harden some of these soft targets, especially the elementary schools. Because as we learn that a lot of the Texas middle schools and high schools will have armed security guards there, but the elementary schools do not. And I think it would make a lot of sense to make sure that we have armed security agents there, at least one, for every elementary school in the entire country. It would be common sense, Danny. That is obviously Jesse Waters. Here is the former FBI security, or excuse me, FBI assistant director that he is speaking with. Yeah, it would be. I totally agree with that. And I mean, I was in the business of rescuing people from situations like this. It's a lot better to be inside keeping the bad guys out than trying to go in and find the bad guys. And why don't we do that? We have the money. Uh, and one other thing I think is important to remember the gun genie is out of the bottle. You can outlaw guns tomorrow. They're still out there. And we need to protect ourselves. We need to take, have courage to bring in policemen that will risk their lives and save our children and put a stop to this stuff. Stop it before they get through the front door. Stop it before they get through the front door. Stop it before they can begin. Or if they do begin, it can be neutralized almost immediately. Instead of nine one one, we have an active shooter on campus. Okay, we'll be there in four minutes. How many times can a gunman pull the trigger in four minutes? And that's if they're close. Nine minutes if they're not. Or more. Bob is in Parma. Thank you for waiting, Bob. You're on AM fourteen twenty the answer. Go right ahead, sir. Uh good morning, Bob. Morning. I, I thought I'd point out to uh people on the left that for whom the truth doesn't seem to matter a lot, that uh, there was a, a credentialed uh, caller on Hugh Hewitt this morning who pointed out that 
Since 1974, the last time there was a mass shooting in Israel, they've armed they have armed guards in every school, and there has not been in 48 years a mass shooting in Israel. Wow. If that isn't dispositive, I don't know what is. It is absolutely. It is dispositive, and it is something they cannot refute, which is, of course, why they will uh, will never allow that to see the light of day. I'm glad Hugh had this person on. You will not see that person on CNN or MSNBC. We can cross our fingers and hope that maybe they'll make it onto Tucker, that kind of information, to spread it to more people. But you, you will not see that in the Post. You will not see it in the Times. You will not see it on the NBC Nightly News, because that is a very, very strong, strong argument in favor of defending our schools. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate your phone. You're welcome. Uh, let's go to Akron next. Kelly, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go right ahead, Kelly. Hi. I um, used to work in the schools uh, in Cleveland area, and, um, you know, they always had us do training. And I turned around one day and I said, well, why wouldn't you have staff carry a gun? That way there's somebody there. And <laughs> their remark was, well, what if a kid gets it? And I said, well, why would you let the kids know that there, there's anybody here with a gun? Kids don't need to know that. But they thought that that was the answer. Well, that is, yeah, I've, I've heard that ridiculous argument from a lot of people too. I'm like you, Kelly. And, 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 and again, it's just so insane. That, that would be like saying, then why have, and thank you for the call, Kelly. Why have police officers in, in stadiums? Why have police officers in courtrooms? Because you know what? People see that there's an officer there with a gun. What if the, what if the bad guy gets a hold of the officer's gun? Well, you know what? That's what training is for. And nobody is talking about arming 57-year-old Mrs. McGurdy, uh, the math teacher, and strapping a firearm to her side that where she can be overpowered and have a gun taken from her. Nobody is talking about that, and no, that's number one. We're talking about armed, trained staff. First of all, my first choice would be plainclothes, not uniformed officers plainclothes officers with their weapons concealed so that a shooter who does get through a door does ha- doesn't have any idea who to take out first. Of course, if you know somebody is armed, that's who you're going to want to take out first to prevent them from what? Shooting back. That's the one commonality of all of these mass murderers. They don't like being shot back at. They like shooting. They don't like receiving gunfire. So they take out the threat first. So it would have to be staffers who are, uh, excuse me, either uh, armed, off-duty police officers, retired police officers, security experts, and so forth, um, who are playing close. Nobody knows who to get. Nobody knows whether they're a teacher or if they're a, uh, if they're a school resource counselor, if they're whatever the case might be. Um, number two would be actual people who are on staff who are trained and certified in self-defense, in gun uh, 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 proper gun control, the gun control we talk about in terms of uh, not laws, but in actually knowing how to use a weapon safely, uh, and somebody who can neutralize a threat immediately. Nobody would be forced. Again, nobody's going to force the 57-year-old math teacher to do this, but teachers who are trained and who have the ability to defend can indeed do so, or teachers or staffers or assistant principals or uh, anybody on, on, on a faculty or a staff. So the idea that, well, what if the kids get it? The other part of that, of course, is what we're primarily talking about here and what that FBI assistant director is talking about is elementary schools. Elementary schools are the softest targets. 
at least in high schools, at least in high schools, there is a chance that people can flee more effectively. There is a chance that they can maybe even fight back somehow. There's a chance. Little children are just, you know, first graders, second graders, third graders, like the ones who were shot yesterday. They have no ability to process a a, uh, traumatic and chaotic situation like that. They're the ones who need it the most. As for the cost, and I want to address this because they talked about it in that clip that I just played. We just sent $40 billion that we don't have to Ukraine. $40 billion we don't have. I would rather send, I don't know, how about $20 billion to Ukraine and take the other $20 billion and pay to protect our kids in schools. That ought to pay for an awful long time, an awful lot of officers working in the schools. Don't tell me we can't afford to protect our most precious asset, our most precious resources. The children, the most defenseless resources, the most defenseless citizens among us. I said it before, if we can afford to put armed officers in all of those other places, stadiums and nightclubs and courtrooms and banks to protect all of those things, why can we not put some of our considerable resources to work to protect our children? You know who Andrew Pollack is, right? Andrew Pollack is one of the fathers of one of the victims in the Parkland shooting down in Florida several years back. He has made it his life's mission to try to protect schools ever since he lost his daughter. He's got a company and a website called Burna, B-Y-R-N-A dot com. And on one of those pages, the school safety link, Andrew Pollack, who is, who, who is completely opposed to any gun control laws being passed because, as he understands and I understand and most reasonable people understand, criminals don't obey laws gun control or otherwise, he is opposed to that. What he is in favor of is is protecting kids from within the building, just like we heard from the FBI directors. He's got on his webpage, School Safety, a six-point, or excuse me, an eight-point plan, beg pardon, an eight-point plan on how you protect schools. Number one, secure the perimeter, creating a physical barrier to enter and assure it is secured and monitored with cameras. Two, control the flow, establish a single point of entry. If you got six different entrances to the school building, it's six different places that have to be guarded. Multiple points of egress, that's a problem. Three, protect the interior with armed personnel inside the school, such as police, school resource officers, guardians, or other trained staff. Four, develop a school safety network. Five, increase parental communication. Six, appoint a district school safety specialist responsible for all matters concerning safety on the grounds. Seven, increase mental health health services, which is crucial, by the way. And eight, establish a school safety hotline. These are answers. Not Joe Biden standing up behind a podium and slurring past to dentures that deer don't wear Kevlar. Well, you need so many shots. That's not an answer. That's not a plan of action. Cracking down on constitutional rights is not the answer to protecting children. Again, The only thing that stops a mass shooter in every instance is the presence of other people with guns shooting back or at least threatening to shoot back. That's how they end. So where do you want them? 
seconds away or minutes away? Mike is in Lakewood next on AM 1420, The Answer. Mike, good morning. Go right ahead. Yeah, uh, how come there are criminals and mentally disturbed people in other countries, and this doesn't happen there? And that thing about Israel is uh, ridiculous because they have an armed guard on every other street corner in Israel. But what about in other countries? Well, doesn't, that kind of, doesn't, that kind of, doesn't that kind of illustrate it, though, Mike? You know, that, I'm not that's saying what the I'm not, way we want, an I'm armed not, guard on every other uh, street corner. I know no, no, that. No no, 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 no. I'm not saying an armed guard on every other street corner. But if crime is super low because of armed guards on every other street corner, and we don't want to do that, but why not in every school? An armed guard in every school would seem to provide the same kind of protection for the school that you're talking about in Israel that they have just in general. What are those armed guards in schools going to have since these guys are getting around that by wearing uh, body armor? Well, you tell me be because. Bazooka? Well, well, you tell me because the guy. No, you tell me. No, I'm, I am telling you, but 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 I'm I'm kind of being rhetorical here because yesterday in Uvalde, Texas. A Border Patrol agent, specialist who happened to be closer to the area than the police were, came we in know. and shot... What? Yeah, we all know. And the guy okay, was well, well, No, no, but I'm answering your question, because you, you said, well, what, are they going to use a bazooka? No, they just needed to use a firearm. That guy had body armor on yesterday, and guess what? He was shot and killed anyway. Because After that's... he got into the building. Of course, but what are you not understanding? What I'm trying to say is you you don't need bazookas. You just need armed, trained experts who can kill these guys either, A, before they get into the building, or, B, if they do get into the building right now, as opposed to after they've killed 25 people, Mike. And how come they don't need these in other foreign countries? Uh, say that again? How come they don't need guards in schools and on every other street corner in other foreign countries? Well, most of these other foreign countries... Most of these other foreign... First of all, they do actually have mass shootings in other countries, too. Not uh, as often. One. You're right, not as often. You're right, not as often, because most other countries don't have a Second Amendment and give their people a chance to protect themselves against threats, including from their own government. It's okay. a, there's, a, there's a very important reason why, and, and as I've said before, and thank you for the phone call, uh, as I've said before, there's a reason why... Our Second Amendment exists, and it's not to or not to use uh, 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 to go deer hunting. It's not for sports shooting either. It's to protect the population with freedom, the kind of freedom you have in the United States. Come threats, and guess what? The people have a right to protect themselves against those threats. Other countries who don't have the freedom, whose people are under the government's foot, under their boot. They don't have as much freedom. You say, well, maybe they don't have as many threats from mass shooters. That's true. But you know what? What would you rather be, free and able to protect yourself? Or in a state of constant servitude, under the boot of an authoritarian government? You tell me, how do you want to live your life? I would prefer to live my life with the liberty guaranteed us by our Constitution through God our Father, protected by our own ability and by the Constitution that was written for us, that gives us a right to live freely and not die under either tyranny or uh, at the hands of, of criminals. Thank you for the call. We'll be right back. Coming up 
coming right up on news here, but before the news, I just want you to hear this. This is the attorney general in the state of Texas, where the horrific situation in Uvalde outside of San Antonio happened yesterday. No, we need to continue to try to focus on preventing this. We we can't stop bad people from doing bad things. They're going to violate murder laws. They're not going to follow gun laws. I've never understood that argument. But we are. We can't harden these schools. We can uh, create points of access that are difficult to get through. We can potentially arm and prepare and train uh, teachers and other administrators to respond quickly because the reality is we don't have the resources to, to have law enforcement at every school. And so it takes time for, for law enforcement, no matter how prepared, no matter how good they are, to get there. So having the right training for some of these uh, people at the school is the best hope. And, and nothing's going to work perfectly, but that, in my opinion, is, is the best answer to, to this problem. To me, it's part B of the best answer to this problem. Part A is getting the resources to have law enforcement at every school. And the federal government is willing to give billions upon billions of dollars to the United Nations, to uh, to uh, uh, foreign countries in need of aid for starvation, to Ukraine to fight off the Russians. If we can give off give out billions and billions of dollars for other countries' benefits, we can put a few billion dollars into school resource officers who are armed in every elementary school in America. Jack Windsor will join me after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. 1008 now. Hour number two is underway on AM 1420. The answer. Appreciate you being with us on this Wednesday, the 25th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord 2022. Uh, I want to uh, I want to respond to one other point that was made by caller Mike from Lakewood, who said, you know, what chance is there against, I think it was Mike that said this, uh, against uh criminals wearing body armor how are we supposed to defeat that and i pointed out that the uh the border patrol officer who took out the shooter in uvalde yesterday uh or excuse me uh uh yeah yesterday um somehow got a bullet through it or hit him in a spot where he wasn't protected or whatever the case might be but uh another friend texted me and reminded me um of the north hollywood shootout back in 1997 you remember this that was an event in which Body armor protected bank robbers were able to shoot and injure 20 officers um, and who were essentially bulletproof because of what they were wearing. And their their uh, body armor that they're wearing made the handguns, you know, the sidearms typically held by the police officers, literally ineffective. And that's when they had to upgrade to AR-15s. And I tell you the story, for uh, before I go to Jack Windsor in a moment, for a reason. Because this is what Joe Brandon continues to stand up there and say, All I need, why does anybody need a, an assault weapon? As he calls it, an AR-15. An assault weapon. There's no definition, no technical definition of an assault weapon. An AR-15 is a semi-automatic weapon like a, a host of other guns. Semi-automatic, not fully automatic. Calls them weapons of war, military weapons. They're not. But AR-15s are much more powerful and can indeed penetrate body armor, which is why 
They need to be made available to people who are interested in self-defense against people like the shooter in Uvalde yesterday. One account of the, just as a reminder, one account of the North Hollywood shootout, February 28, 1997, in North Hollywood, California. Uh, bank robbers. They robbed Bank of America's North Hollywood branch. They had also uh, uh, robbed several other banks prior to this, including a couple of armored cars. They were always impenetrable, really, or their, their uh, armor was, which is why they were able to take control of the entire bank. Um, they got past the bulletproof security doors. Then they were wearing the body armor, which uh, protected them. Standard issue sidearms carried by most officers at the time were 9mm pistols, pistols or thirty eight specials. Some patrol cars were also equipped with 12-gauge shotguns. These criminals carried um, uh, Norinco Type 56 rifles, which is a, a variant of the uh, Chinese AK-47, Bushmaster XM-15 Dissipator with a 100-round drum magazine, and also an HK-91 rifle, all of which were legally modified to be select fire capable, meaning um, uh, automatic fire. So the robbers wore their homemade body armor, which protected them from the handgun rounds and the shotgun rounds being fired at them by the responding officers. A SWAT team eventually showed up with higher caliber weapons, but they also had little effect on the heavy body armor used by the two perpetrators. The SWAT team also commandeered an armored vehicle to evacuate the wounded, while several other officers went to a local nearby firearms dealer and grabbed AR-15s, the only things that would penetrate the body armor. That incident sparked debate on the need for patrol officers to upgrade their firepower in preparation for similar similar situations in the future. And again, going back to the point being made here, the left wants to continue to say nobody needs these weapons because these weapons are meant just for one thing, to kill people. And my response to that is, you're damned right they are. And we support it not in the hands of criminals to kill people illegally, but in the hands of potential victims to defend themselves, killing people justifiably who are attacking and assaulting them, their families, uh, innocent people in public, etc. So why, Joe Brandon, do we need these weapons of war, these AR-15 assault rifles? There's your answer. Because of cowards in body armor shooting up grocery stores, cowards in body armor shooting up churches, cowards in body armor shooting up um, school buildings. That's why. Because we have to have the ability to fight back. All right. 1013 now. Let's bring in Jack Windsor, as promised. Uh, Jack Windsor is, of course, the founder and the editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network. Jack, always good to talk to you. Thanks for the time this morning. How are you, sir? Bob, super fantastic. Thanks for choosing me today. It's an honor to be here with you and the uh, 1420 listeners. Certainly, Jack. So obviously we wanted to come on to talk about something else when we booked this. We are going to talk about the situation in Olentangy, and uh, it's a different school situation. It's a school situation, but a different type. And we will do that because it's a, it's a big deal down there in, uh, in Powell. Uh, I had on the uh, woman uh, that you feature in your story uh, last week. Uh, her name is uh, Shemansky, I believe it is, uh, uh, Julie Shemansky. And um, we'll talk about that in a second, but of course I would be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to give your thoughts on what went down yesterday. Not just what went down in Uvalde, Texas yesterday, Jack, but what happened in Washington and what happened on TV and uh, the politicization of this horrible tragedy for all of these victims. Yeah, for, for some reason, situations like this make me extremely emotional, Bob. Um, they just do. Um, you know, you've got... Uh, 19 children and two adults dead. 
and um, uh, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna come down on both sides of the aisle here, right? Um, there's kind of this smug righteousness that we keep hearing from the, the president you know, all the way down from people on the left um, that if a certain type of gun were banned or if there was some new gun restrictions enacted, that these types of things would go away. And you know maybe in the hours following this type of tragedy that helps. Uh, that helps people cope. I don't know. But the reality is that's, that's a fantasy. I mean, these are the same people who are saying if we, if we ban abortion, it's not going to stop. But now they're telling us if we ban guns, then, uh, these, these tragedies are going to stop. Um, and I just think it's asinine. Um, I think it is short-sighted. Um, look, there are, there are laws written right now, um, regarding who can carry a gun and who cannot. The fact is we're, we're not enforcing those laws. And um, many of these terrible situations are committed by people who um, may not have the gun legally. Um, you know, we talk about red flag laws, right? And how, I mean, do you know how hard it is to predict somebody's criminal behavior? Psychiatrists don't get it right all the time. They, they seldom get it right. So, you know, but we, we talk about, hey, if somebody has some sort of diagnosed mental illness or some sort of background, um, then we can prohibit them from carrying a gun. Um, that's not always the case. You know, the profile on some of these people, it's clear. Uh, the profile on some of the other people, you go, wow, I, you know, I, I'm not sure that we would have gotten there, uh, that we would have been able to predict that. Um, it, for me, uh, you know, and then on the right, you know, immediately because there was a Border Patrol agent there, it became an issue of illegal immigration. Legal immigration is its own issue, and, you know, that's a law that should be enforced. Um, but, you know, we we need to make sure we have all the facts. I believe the shooter may have actually been born in, in North or South Dakota. I can't remember. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a tragedy, and, and people need to grieve. And, um, you know, the world, the world that we live in, Bob, we're caught up in the politicization of, of everything. Um, and, and sometimes I, I, I wish, uh, and I know I wish hopelessly, um, that we could look at something like this and actually come together and pray and uh, yeah, think about and yeah, those kids and those families that are grieving. Yeah, nobody nobody is doing that, uh, and I completely concur. And I find myself guilty of that. As I started out, I, 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 my complaint was the fact that nobody is talking about the children, nobody is talking about the families of those children and the families of those two adults that were killed as well. And right now, the last number I heard was 19 children confirmed to have uh, to have perished in this terrible attack and two two adults. I don't know if that's changed, but my my initial complaint was rather than doing that yesterday the president of the united states chose to attack and fully attack yeah. members of congress uh the nra uh, second amendment uh, supporters and so on and so forth talking about getting guns off the streets and making his ridiculous uh foolish uh, analogy to deer hunting and all of those things again and so i i have gotten into full on attack the attacker mode rather than as yeah. you say talking about these kids um and and i think everybody is wrong for that but I won't apologize for it, only because if we don't respond to the foolhardy attacks, the the notion that if we take guns off the streets, I had a 
clip from a former FBI assistant director, Jack, who said you could outlaw every gun that there is in America yep. tomorrow, and all you will have is a nation of targets. Because guess what? Criminals won't yep. obey those gun laws. They will get right. their guns through the black market. They will get them for, yep. from overseas, across the border, etc. And the only pro- the only difference that will be then is that there will be nobody able to uh, protect themselves until a police police officer arrives. Um, and yep. you know, Jack, one of my one of my you know favorite memes, if you will, or whatever you want to call it, I've seen it in picture form and I've seen it in statement form, is that um, you know uh, guns because police officer uh, 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 how does how is it worded? Police officers are too carry to heavy around uh, too heavy to carry around yourself. In other words, you can't <laughs> carry a cop with you everywhere you go to protect you, so you better carry your own weapon to protect yourself, right? Yep. Yes. Well, look, there are more guns than people in the United States, and we're. We're not Australians. We're not going to we're not going to give our guns back. Um, and you raise a legitimate point. You know, can there be dialogue? I think I think what bothers me is that we as a nation and I, you don't do this, Bob. Um, I think there are a lot of people on on AM talk radio who, who actually deal and grapple with this. We look at situations like this and we completely ignore um, the devaluation of human life um, that has permeated our culture for decades. Um, we ignore um, the disappearance of the the, the, the nuclear family. Um, we uh, we disrespect and disregard what our kids really need growing up, and we fail to deliver that to them with these uh, you know government public schools. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes on that leads into this type of thing. This is a hard issue. David killed Goliath with a rock. Um, I get it. I'm not dumb. I know that it, it you can't kill 19 kids and two adults with a rock. I get it. I'm not you know thick skulled. But the point is, we have a heart problem. It's a heart problem that leads to this type of thing, and we don't seem equipped uh, to be able to deal with those things. No, we're not, and we're not equipped to deal with the rise in mental health issues too that continues to to happen in particularly our youngest populations or younger populations, the Gen Z population. I don't think COVID helped at all, but there are a lot of very strong mental health problems that are not dealt with. And to your point about the rock, um, you know, maybe not with the rock, but but there was a period of time uh, not too too long ago when there were there was this giant rash of machete attacks or edged mm-hmm. weapon attacks where mass killings were were carried out in crowded areas and subways and uh, in you know in, 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 in you know kind of densely populated urban areas where people were being killed uh, in extraordinary numbers not just here but overseas as well with edged weapons so again yep. what are we going to do here then ban steak knives? Are we then going to ban utility knives? Are we going to ban edged weapons because people are using them in, in an improper fashion? Um, I would hope not. But yet that's what they want to do with guns. There's 150 million-ish gun owners in the United States of America. You mentioned there's more guns than people. But as far as the people, there's around 150 million gun owners who did not shoot up a school yesterday. Why should yep. they surrender their legal firearms guaranteed them by the Second Amendment because one person did? That's something nobody yep. is answering. Touche. Great point, Bob. Jack, let's uh, let's talk about Olentangy. You, you did a great article about woke school districts and and a few other stories, uh, kind of in, encapsulated in this um, encapsulated in this uh, piece. A woke school district incorporation popular in Ohio this week. I wanted to talk to you about Olentangy down in Palo, Ohio, because I interviewed. And by the way, thanks to your assist on that by putting me in touch with Julie Shemansky. She's the mom of the Olentangy uh, uh, third grader, and she said she had an eight year old and a ten year old, both of whom have seen the little boy dressed as a girl in the girls' restroom. Uh, 
finally, they both came home and said, whoa, mom, this is happening. Uh, no one told the kids this was going to happen. No one told the parents this was going to happen. But, Jack, as you point out, it was more than just the little boy dressed as a girl in a little girl's restroom that made all of the other girls uncomfortable so to the point they have to go and use the staff restrooms down by the office, which is just insane. But uh, this district took this even a little further. Tell us about it. Yeah, so... Um Libs of TikTok, <laughs> of all the you know, um, of all the accounts, they they released a video clip on Twitter um, from a recent school board meeting about two weeks ago now, where a parent sounded the alarm about the district allegedly administering um, elementary through high school electronic surveys under the guise of suicide prevention. Now, I did go back and and talk to a couple of parents. Um, Libs of TikTok actually. Um, they spliced some of those video clips together. And when you listen to it, it seems as though there are three separate surveys given over an academic year, um, or excuse me, one um, when there were three. And, and so um, we had some more conversations, talked to some parents, and uh, based on information obtained from the, the district through Sunshine Laws, um, we were able to surmise that um, the district seems seems to have misled parents and students regarding what are called panorama surveys. Um, officials claimed that they were anonymous, but they weren't. Um, and what I mean by that is that uh, students can be matched up with their answers. Um, the because outsource- they were forced to use their student ID numbers, according to what I saw in that video. The students right. were told they were going right. to just do this on paper, as you said, without any identifying information. But instead, they had to log into the school computer yep. system using their student ID numbers and then answer those questions. So every answer was attributed to each individual student. That's correct. And then, so, you know, there's this outsourced depression survey to a third party, something similar. Um, district officials thought that the survey results would be kept on paper forms in the school office in a locked cabinet. Instead, they were administered online and are housed on a server not controlled by Olin Tangi. So there's, there's a third party that has uh, my child and, 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 and other kids in the district has their information. Um, there's a pronoun survey that was administered on the first day of school, according to the parent of a 12-year-old student, without uh, getting parental permission to ask questions posed to students. Now, I have talked with parents of third graders, and I know that there were some questions asked and conversations had, um, even as as low as third grade, on the first day of school um, about identity. I don't know that they necessarily got into gender, gender identity, but they started you know, they're starting to slow roll that as early as third grade. Um, so, so those are some of the things that are going on in the district right on the heels of Julie Shemansky's story that you just talked about. And no one is being informed. As you said, parents weren't informed. Weren't informed. Kids were lied to about how it would be conducted, this survey. And uh, some of the older kids, maybe not the third graders, but, uh, but you know, as you covered in the story and as Libs of TikTok uh, pointed out in the video there, um, these kids were identifiable by their own, uh, uh, their own student ID numbers, and they were asked questions that are just wholly inappropriate for kids of that mm-hmm. age about their own sexual attraction, sexual orientation, etc. 
um, which is nobody's business, not even in a health class in which sex ed is being talked about. Should a teacher, I had a health class, remember health class, Jack? Did your teachers yeah. in your health class, when you got to sex ed, the sex ed unit in health, um, did your teachers ever say, so, uh, what, 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 what's your attraction? Wh- which, which yeah. sex are you most sexually attracted to, Jack? Are you attracted to boys or to girls? Or maybe to both? Or maybe to neither? And maybe to something that's a combination of the two? Nobody ever did that, and yet they think that's okay now. You know, there are two things that are, are kind of troubling about this to me. Um, this is my personal opinion. But I talked with a family of a third grader. The third grader rides the bus home, to school and home from school, with fifth graders, right? Uh, kindergarten through fifth graders. And uh, that student began having conversations um, with his parents about conversations on the bus with the fifth graders and said, well, you know, um, she's not just gay. She's a lesbian because she likes women. So, you know, really starting to kind of get down to, you know, split the legal hairs of, you know, what gender preference is. And and these parents were shocked and going, wait a minute, how, how do you know this? And, and the students said, well, that's what the fifth graders talk about on the bus. So um, even if you're in third grade, second grade, whatever, and you're not getting the full dose of this, maybe you're riding a school bus and, and the students around you are talking. And, and so you're kind of getting your, you know, what I would call your school bus education. The other part that's really concerning about this is that the freedom of information, or excuse me, uh, Ohio Sunshine Laws um, were used to, to get information from the district. And what, what they found out was that there are guidelines that the diversity, inclusion, and equity department were circulating to each building in principle as internal documents. And one of the guidelines um, uh, stated that um, a student shall have access to facilities that correspond with their gender identity. Any student that's un- uncomfortable using a gender-segregated facility, regardless of the reason, will be provided with a safe and non-stigmatizing alternative. So that those those uh, guidelines were circulated to um, principals and to the administration through the diversity, inclusion, and equity division, um, but it doesn't appear that those were shared with the Board of Education to be discussed, discussed and voted on, and uh, I can tell you as a parent of a student in that district, uh, that information never found its way to me. That is incredible. Jack Windsor, uh, we're out of time, my friend. Thank you for your thoughts on the uh, horrible situation in Uvalde, and thank you for a different type of horrible situation in the schools down there in Powell at Olentangy. Uh, Jack, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Bob. God bless you. Jack Windsor, the Ohio Press Network. Make sure you check out uh, his work there, and we'll take a time out and take this to news and come right back with your calls on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Ten thirty-seven back on AM 1420, the answer always right radio online at alwaysright.us. Make sure you check it out. I've got the latest stories on the shooter, uh, latest story on the shootings in Uvalde, Texas. I've got a video that I just felt compelled to record last night, giving you my thoughts on why it is that that the American left refuses to guard children with the same tools that they guard their money. We put we put armed guards in big banks because they're targets 
for robberies. We'll guard our money with guns. But suggest to a leftist that we guard our children with guns in schools, and they go crazy, apoplectic. They can't handle it. What are you talking about? How dare you bring guns into schools? Because guns, guns have no place on a school campus, in a school building. That's why there's stickers on every door at every school in America. Gun-free zone. Well, that gun-free zone, that sticker will certainly stop somebody who has armed himself to the teeth, put on his body armor, and headed out to commit a mass shooting at a school. Oh, dang it. Look at the sign. It says gun-free zone. Guns not permitted on campus. Crap. Curses. Foiled again. Then they turn around and walk away, right? Oh, wait a minute. They don't, do they? Because typically speaking, somebody who has murder on the mind isn't going to be interested in obeying other laws or rules. So maybe instead of gun-free zone on the front door of every school in America, maybe guns are banned on this campus and in this building Maybe those aren't the right messages. Maybe those signs should be replaced. What do you think? Maybe with one that says something like, um, I don't know, warning. Staff members are armed and trained. Any attempt to harm children will be met with deadly force. How about that as a sign? Which is more, there's no guarantee in either case. But which is more likely to deter a would-be school shooter. Which one is more likely to deter the school shooting from taking place? The, th- the sign that says, don't bring your guns in here, we're a gun-free zone. Smiley face. Or the one that says, we will shoot and kill you if you come in here and try to harm children. Which one do you think is most likely to be? And all it will take, in all seriousness, for would-be shooters to give pause before they go and take a take an action like this, all it would take is one event in which a school shooter goes into a school and is popped almost immediately by a trained, preferably plain-clothed um, armed security officer. Look at that. They weren't kidding. They had a sign out that said they'll kill you if you come in and try to harm children, and they did. That guy's dead. You barely got two shots off and didn't hit anybody, and he's the only one dead in the situation. Watch and see what kind of a deterrent effect that has on would-be shooters. And I'll say this again, just so, again, that the left... And, 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 and I know, look, we're talking about people who are nonsensible, all right? They, they, they just they don't have sense. So I know I'm wasting my breath. But I'll say again what I said to Jack Windsor at the end of our conversation. There are roughly 150 million gun owners in America who did not shoot up a school on Tuesday. Why should any one of them lose their rights to their firearms because somebody did? If you can explain that to me, let's have the conversation. I don't think you can. 216-901-0945, 888-281-1110, Charlie in Westlake next. Hi, Charlie, go ahead. Hey, hey, Bob, what a a terrible day yesterday, terrible, terrible things going on in this country. Hey, I've never agreed with anything Joe Biden said, but yesterday he said, let's outlaw lobbying. 
I'm all for that. Just outlaw all lobbying statewide, national, no lobbying. That's that's we would really probably save our country if we did that. He didn't say outlaw lobbying. He said outlaw gun lobbying, but I said outlaw all lobbying. The other thing I was thinking, you know, if we made mandatory, everybody goes to two years of Bible training while they're in public school, we wouldn't have any of the shootings. If people were would, would training to become ministers or just to know the Bible, and that's my two cents. Charlie, I appreciate your two cents. I, I wish, by the way, I agreed with that last part, but sad truth of the matter is we... There, there are a lot of Bible thumpers, a lot of people who call themselves Christians who are no Christians at all, who commit terrible, terrible, terrible crimes against children. Sometimes the worst kinds of crimes. Reading the Bible, training in the Bible, even believing in the Bible is a, is a great thing that I strongly encourage, but it by, it by no way should be construed as a method of stopping violent attacks. Because, um, like I said, frankly, there are a lot of very dangerous people who are Bible authorities who uh, who abuse and uh, take advantage of children, uh, whether it be shooting them or doing other terrible things to them. So I don't know if that's exactly the answer. But I do appreciate the gesture because you're right, it would be, I think, a safer place if more people were at least uh, trying to adhere to the Word of God. Uh, let's go to Florida. Tom, thank you for joining yeah, us this morning on AM 1420, The yeah. Answer. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. How are you doing, Bob? Okay, Tom. Hey, um, I just want to let you. I just want to let you know. First of all, um, I'm sorry for all this what happened with the kids and the, and, the, and the parents out there. But you know, when World War II broke out, when the, when uh, Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, they didn't come to America. I think it was the general or the admiral that knew because he studied in America that we had guns. He knew that the civilians had guns, and they were worried about you know. And we were able to arm ourselves to take care of our own problems. Well, you know, you're you're right, and uh, and you know, this is something that um, I, I don't think enough people talk about. And thank you for the call. <clears throat> the original. Well, I got for, oh, you got one more point. Oh, we cut you off, Tom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know you had a second point. I thought you just wanted me to respond to that one. Uh, if you want to call back, Tom, we'll take you. Okay. I know you're listening online, either at alwayswrite.us on your phone or on your computer. So uh, we'll take you back up. We'll put you back up. Uh, but just to respond, a lot of people don't don't pay attention uh, to the the origin of the Second Amendment and the reason it existed. It exists because an armed population of people, an armed citizenry, is that much more difficult to subjugate. An armed citizenry is really really hard to bring under uh, under control and to mistreat and to reign supreme over as authoritarians. An armed population is a dangerous population to those who would wish to, uh, and, and, and not just foreign powers who might not want to come ashore and say, wow, let's try to take these people down. They're all shooting at us, but our own government as well. That's the reason it exists, because, of course, it was our own government, otherwise known as the British Crown, that we actually took those arms up against when this country was formed. So that's what it's about. But then we have taken it, of course, to the next logical step, which is not just against the government, but the people deserve to be armed. The Second Amendment exists, saying that our right to bear arms shall not be infringed because we have the right to defend ourselves against all attackers, government or otherwise, criminals, for example. And 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 it's all in line. Everybody likes to say, oh, Second Amendment is is old and archaic and it talks about militia. Are, are you part of a militia? If you're not part of a militia, then you can't have a gun. 
Well, how are militias formed? Militias are formed when it becomes apparent to the citizenry that their own government is not protecting them, and in fact that their own government may be turning on them. And how can those militias form if the people aren't armed? What are the militias going to do? Pick up sticks? I can throw this thing pretty hard. I'll poke your eye out with this stick. The people have to be armed to be able to form a well-regulated militia. That's the whole reason it exists. So we have to be able to arm ourselves to protect ourselves against threats of all types, governmental and otherwise. Let's go to Cleveland next. Roz, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Hello. You know, it is bad enough that they take up arms to protect their money. But they also take up arms or have those around them with arms to protect themselves. So they're better than we are? Well, they get uh, to have yes, armed and yes, we that's, don't. That's, that's the very definition of an elite or an elitist. Exactly. They do feel like they are better, and that's why they will spend taxpayer dollars on their own private armed security. Roz, you're 100% right because mm-hmm. they deserve it. We are just, you know, we're the plebes. Um, you know, we don't matter. We're, we're just the, we're just the, 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 you know, the, the riffraff that they have to deal with in order to continue to uh, protect and enrich and um, uh, empower themselves. You're exactly right. That's exactly. Now, here's another thing to think about. Mm-hmm. The problem is is all these guns, right? What well, about according the to them? I, 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 no, I, I would say no, not right. Uh, that isn't the exactly. problem is all these guns, but that's what their argument is, correct? What about Switzerland? What about it? Every adult is to have a gun and know how to use it. What's their murder rate? It has nothing to do with the hardware and everything to do with the heart. Oh, that is so well said. That is so very well said. You know, there you can are, put a gun on the table, and it will sit there, and it won't shoot anybody. That's right. Well, and as I've been saying all morning long, and we'll continue. And thank you for the call, Roz, and we'll continue to. Um, <laughs> the gun is is probably the biggest protector of life that has ever been created. You understand that? People say, why were guns made? Guns were made with one purpose and one purpose only, for evil, to kill things, right? That's why guns were, well, you might say that in the very beginning it was also used to kill, you know, prey in order to, to eat, you know, to kill food, uh, understood. But in terms of its practical use for human beings against one another, they're, you know, they're created to kill. Well, that may indeed be the case. But that's not what all guns are for today. Guns exist as a means of defense from those who would use guns to kill. Ross just said, put a gun on a table and it will never harm a soul. It's never going to pick itself up and start firing. It's not the gun. It's the user. She said it's the heart, and I agree. But if somebody's heart is black... If they are a black heart, if they're just filled with evil and filled with malicious intent, and they're going to harm people with a gun, well, then the only defense against that gun is another gun. Guns protect lives, more lives than any other. There are more uses of self-defense weapons than there are legal gun owners committing crimes with them in this country every single year. The statistics are overwhelming. 
Guns are a method of saving lives, not taking lives. No matter how many times you listen to that babbling idiot that we call a president telling us that guns are just to kill. Guns are about killing. Yes, they are killing people who are trying to kill us. They're they're instruments of protection, instruments of defense against all kinds of threats, Brandon. Not about shooting deer. It's 1050. We'll be right back. Ten fifty five AM fourteen twenty the answer always right radio. Find it online and listen online at alwaysright.us. What in God's name do you need a solvent for except to kill someone? That is exactly what in God's name you need an assault weapon for. To kill someone. Not illegally. You understand that? Can you get that through that thick skull of yours? Not illegally. But if someone is trying to kill you, you doggone right you need something that can kill them right back. What in God's name do you need a solvent for except to kill someone? That's why. Ask those officers in the North Hollywood shootout who were firing at Kevlar-wearing, body armor-wearing bank robbers who were shooting them and picking them off at will. Because... The, the officers' sidearms, their 9 millimeters, their 38 specials, their 12 gauges, they weren't penetrating. They had to go get AR-15s to take them down. That's what you like to call an assault weapon. Well, you need an assault weapon except to kill people. Because you, do, you need to kill people. Sometimes people need to kill people to protect themselves and their families from becoming killed themselves. Deer aren't running through the forest with Kevlar vests on, for God's sake. Continues to repeat that extraordinarily stupid nonsense. Of, I, I can't even think of enough words to describe how ridiculous his deer analogy is. As if the Second Amendment had anything to do with hunting. South Euclid. Tony, thanks for waiting. You're on AM 1420. The answer. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, how you doing, Mr. France? Doing well. Yeah, I haven't talked to you in a while. Now, hear me out for a minute, okay, because I am a conservative. But we do have a problem with guns, obviously, okay? And if you read the Second Amendment, and that's what we really need to focus on, and of course, yes, it was written when, 200 years ago. But we, we have to understand this. What it says is the right to bear arms with a well-regulated militia. And you have to read that whole part because we don't have a well-regulated militia. We didn't have police departments years ago, 200 years ago. So all this has changed. And we don't have control of people getting their CCW and bearing arms. We have no control of it because look what's happening. It is getting in the wrong hands. So there's two choices, whether they have strict gun control and nobody has a right to bear arms, or we have a law that everybody must bear arms. Now, I've, I've watched TV in, in the past, and I saw some programs on the news they were talking about 
how there are some cities that it is required by law that you must bear arms. You must carry a gun. You must uh, learn how to, uh, to fire a gun. And I, I don't have that information in front of me, but we really have to look at this and analyze it. And it's just not black and white. The Constitution is not black and white. The Second Amendment is not black and white. And next time I call, I'm going to get more information for you on that Second Amendment. Okay, let me, let me respond to that because I'm coming up against the news sure. here at the top. So let me sure. respond to that, Tony. Sure. Keep listening. Thank you for the phone call. Um, I, I just covered this a segment ago, so maybe you missed it. I'll repeat it for you. There is nothing that is outdated about the Second Amendment. Nothing. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And some people mistakenly think that that means we have to have a militia first and then arm them. That is not what this means. It means that in the event of the, of, of, of the people needing to defend themselves, to secure themselves as a, as a free state, it's in the language, the security of a free state, in the event that the people need to secure uh, to uh, protect themselves and fight for that free state against maybe even their own government the people have to have arms they have to be they have to be able to keep and bear arms so they can form said militia you can't wait until the government has cra- the government has disarmed the people and now the the people say hey we've got to fight back against this tyrannical government what are we going to do we don't have any arms we don't have any way to form a militia that can fight back. So the way the Second Amendment is worded is very, very important. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. We have to allow the people to keep and bear their arms in the event that they have to become a militia and protect themselves against either their own government or against foreign threats or against... Yes, individual threats in the, in the, in the, in the nature of violent crime. People need to be able to defend themselves. Whether they form a militia or not, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's not outdated. It's not 200 years old and therefore not relevant anymore. We don't have militias on standby, but in the event that we have to, they have to be armed. What are we going to do when the government that we're trying to fight back against has taken all of our guns? Say, hey, Washington. Federal government, we are forming militias now because we don't like what you're doing to us and we want to battle you over it. So can you give us some guns? How do you think that'll work? How well will that go over? Spoiler alert, it wouldn't. We already have to have them if we're going to form a militia to fight back against tyranny. We already have to have the weapons. That's why it says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It is just as relevant, if not more so today, than it ever was, going back to the time that the Bill of Rights was written. So I hope that clarifies it a little bit. We can talk about it another day. But we're going to talk with Neil McCabe of the Ohio Star next on AM 1420, The Answer. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. 
Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three underway now, 11 minutes past 11 o'clock. Thanks for being with us on Always Right Radio. Make sure to follow along on alwayswrite.us, alwayswrite.us, bookmark that site. Use that site as well. And the sound off button that you see in the uh, upper right-hand corner of the page, it's bright red, you can't miss it. It's a sound off and tell me what you think. If you can't wait on hold during the show or if you're listening after the fact to the podcast and you want to be heard about something that we are discussing during the show, that's how you use the sound off button, just like this. Hey, Bob. In November 2018, a Maryland man was killed by police officers when they busted into his house at 4 o'clock in the morning and he responded thinking that, it was somebody breaking and entering. In August of 2019, a man had a red flag issue, order issued on him, executed on him. So after they took his guns away, instead of using guns, he killed his mother and wounded two other people with a samurai sword. In November of 2021, in Waukesha, six people were killed and 62 were injured with a car, not a firearm. When are we going to learn that sacrificing our natural-born protected constitutional rights at the altar of appeasement for the sake of doing something, quote-unquote, will only hurt those that it allegedly protects? How many times do defenseless crowds of people have to die before we realize being defenseless is the problem? That one was from uh, Charlie in Cleveland, uh, who makes some very good points, obviously, as we continue to try to figure out what happened yesterday and why the response to what happened yesterday in Uvalde, Texas, has to lead to an end to our Second Amendment rights. And if the American left has its way, if Joe Brandon has his way, that is exactly what is going to happen. Joining us now to discuss and analyze this even more is our friend from the Ohio Star, Neil McKay, back with us. He's our regular commentator every Wednesday on AM 1420, The Answer. Neil, good morning. Hey, Bob, good to be with you. Uh, but, you know, obviously very tragic and uh, just heartbreaking circumstances. Just absolutely terrible news from last night. Yeah, it is uh, It is all of those things. You know, the tragedy and the heartbreak of the, the loss of, you know, at least 19 children's lives and at least two adults, the last numbers I saw. Uh, and, and, of course, for the grieving family members who love all of them and miss all of them and those who were close to them. Aside from that, it, it is almost as tragic that the first blush reaction of the President of the United States and his party is to attack people, rather than bringing people together and showing support for grieving families and deceased victims. It is attack people, attack the NRA, attack members of Congress who don't share uh, his Second Amendment views, attack uh, law-abiding Second Amendment gun holders, 150 million of them nationwide, attack, 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 rather than trying to bring people together. That is almost as bad or almost as tragic as the entire event itself, because it does nothing to to solve the problem, Neil. It does nothing to address how do we best protect defenseless people, particularly children, in what is supposed to be a safe space for them, their schools. Well, this is a man who uh, has never shied from exploiting the death of his first wife, has never shied from exploiting the death of his son, Bo, who I served with in Iraq. I 
never spoke to him, but I, I did see him once at Camp Victory, and the guys, I was on a convoy once with guys in the Delaware National Guard who told me he was a great guy. Uh, but, you know, the president, you know, he, he has no issue going to that well over and over and over again uh, to score political points and to attack his opponents. And unfortunately, instead of uh, giving these, these families a chance to come to grips with what's happened to them, these families have now been thrust into sort of a national debate so that they can be exploited to score political points. And they're going to have TV cameras on their front lawn, and they're going to be chased in the stores. And so, you know, they're going to have reporters basically saying, tell us how you feel. Shouldn't, shouldn't we do something? And it's just, it's absolutely horrible. They, these, these, these their bodies aren't even cold, Bob. And, and it's, you're so right to say that it's, that's the second tragedy. One of the, um, and the reason I brought it up, of course, is the, the idea of protecting them with armed guards, armed police officers in schools. Yesterday, a number of Second Amendment supporters and, quite frankly, security experts said the same thing. Two different former FBI assistant directors uh, went on TV and said we need to arm staff and or armed guards and or armed police officers in schools, particularly elementary schools. Certain uh, Republican and conservative-minded Second Amendment supporting members of Congress said the same thing, and the left went crazy, apoplectic. Oh, my gosh, no way. You want guns in schools? Don't you know how dangerous that is? We can't have guns in schools. Guns in schools is a terrible idea. Well, Neil McCabe, uh, I'm sitting here watching this play out yesterday the same way it played out at the grocery store in Buffalo, the same way it played out in the school in Parkland, the same way it played out in the nightclub in Orlando. Every one of these active shooter situations ends the same way. When somebody with a gun points it back at the bad guy. Because they all one of three things happens. They either surrender and say, don't shoot me. I like shooting. I don't like being shot. And they drop their weapon and they put their hands up and they get arrested. Or they are shot and killed by the good guy with the gun. Or they turn their own gun on themselves and commit suicide. In any case, the only end to these shooting events is when Good guys with guns fire back. So the question becomes, do we want those good guys minutes away after a 911 call or seconds away because they're in the building? Am I, am I, am I oversimplifying this? Because I don't think I am. No, no, kid. When I, was, when, I was, when I was younger, I worked in a McDonald's, and we had an armed guard on Friday and Saturday night at the McDonald's. Wow. And so the idea that you wouldn't have armed guards at the school, which is something that, you know, that's been... That's been suggested ever since Sandy Hook. That has been in the ether, and that was anyone who suggested it was basically called the same crypto fascist that they call us all the time. And it's it's like, at what point are we going to stop? And I'll tell you another thing. You know, I I'm in the Army Reserve. I deployed to Kuwait last year, and while I was there, that one of the officers, his full time job is ATF, and he said he and his ATF officers sort of keep track of the fact that whenever the Democrats need something, need a, a, a free shooting, it seems to pop up at uh, the right time politically. And they had, they, had no, you know, they had no proof of a conspiracy, but they just sort of would notice that they, these things would happen. And of course, we have the NRA convention coming up uh, this weekend in Houston. And of course, you know, the president is pushing for his uh, gun restriction agenda. 
and, you know, it's like anything to change the topic from inflation and gas prices and everything else. And it, I just can't help but wonder, is that how is it that, once again, the Democrats have this opportunity to change the subject? We're talking to Neil McCabe. Neil McCabe is a reporter for the uh, Ohio Star. He is a regular uh, Wednesday commentator, and nothing more important to comment on now than what happened in Uvalde, Texas yesterday. He's got some experience in this, as he said. Uh, as he said, he's in the Army Reserve now. He served in Iraq. So um, let me ask you um, about the, the, the Biden response to this, which was, what do you need? What is, why does anybody need an assault rifle? Why does anybody need an assault weapon? They're only made for one purpose, to kill people. Deer aren't wearing Kevlar vests. You don't need assault weapons, and you don't need high-capacity magazines to go deer hunting. What, what, I, I've given my response to that a dozen times today. Neil, what is yours? Well, why don't you ask the, the store owners and the homeowners and the business owners who, had, who watched their neighborhoods burned to the ground in the summer of 2020. Why don't you ask the families in Ferguson, Missouri, who had uh, mobs marching down their streets? Uh, you know, why don't you ask the Koreans in Los Angeles at the riots during the Rodney King riots, where literally they were abandoned by the Los Angeles Police Department for two weeks, and we have all seen the pictures of Korean Americans manning the rooftops like it was Fort Apache, because they had been abandoned by the police. And even today, as we're speaking, there are neighborhoods in Ohio that are abandoned by the police. They will not go there. Well, what are those people supposed to do? Like, what are you supposed to do, Bob? And it's like there's no obligation well, to but, retreat. But, but, but Neil, but no Neil why, hold, on, hold on, hold on. What are the, why do those people need to, need to do anything? Because if we, if we enforce new gun control laws, um, they won't, there won't be any bad guys with guns to threaten them. So they there don't need go. to have of anything, course. right? Isn't that how uh, it works? Of course. And, of course, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the terrorist is going to fill out his background check, say, yes, I am uh, wanted by Interpol in 20 different countries for a, shoot, a mass shooting I did in Israel. It's ridiculous. I mean, the president's own son lied on his background check and nothing happened. It's like the president's, like the president's son's girlfriend and daughter-in-law, uh, widow of his other son, right, took his their gun and threw it in a dumpster. Threw it in a dumpster. I think it had to be retrieved by the Secret Service. It's like nothing happened. And it's so, it's so sad and it's so ridiculous. But I will tell you this, Bob. After Columbine, the Republican leadership in the U.S. Senate was within a breath of passing some very serious regulations to restrict our gun rights. Tom DeLay, God love him, was able to do a rear guard action and basically hold, put, tap the brakes and slow things down until sort of the mood changed, everybody sort of caught themselves, and we didn't see the elimination of the Second Amendment that almost happened after Columbine. We saw what happened after Sandy Hook with President uh, Barack Obama and his anti-gun agenda. We don't see that anymore. So I guess the silver lining is that people who support gun rights are now speaking up for themselves, and they're holding the line, and, and finally, you have some Republicans who are willing 
to hold the line, and we're not going to see the assault on gun rights that we saw after Columbine or Sandy Hook. Last thing on the gun issue, Neil, um, is, you know, I think you and I are in agreement based on what you've said about, um, you know, armed guards and police in in schools, kind of like they do at McDonald's on Friday nights. It's certainly a reasonable, sensible thing. One of the other objections you get from those who oppose it is, how are we going to pay for that? They just don't have that kind of money to put cops in schools. They need cops on streets and so on and so forth. Are you in agreement with me that... uh, the billions and billions and billions of dollars of foreign aid that we send out, including the latest $40 billion outlay to Ukraine, might be repurposed a little bit by using it to protect our schools. I'm kind of thinking we can spend that money to hire more officers and armed trained security guards to be posted in every elementary school, and it might do a little bit more for the American people than sending it overseas. Well, how about these, uh, you know, the F-35 is $100 million each. The thing can't fly in the rain. You have the USS Gerald R. Ford that has to be towed back into port after its sea trials. I mean, I mean, you can, you can go to every school district in the state of Ohio, and you can find a dozen sacks of donuts sitting at their desk, and I'm sure their salary would be better spent on a security guard. I think that's well said, and uh, and, and you know, for for the left to suggest that our kids deserve anything less than you know the best protection is is just a slap in the face. I've, I've pointed out before you came on. I don't know if you heard it or saw my video, but you mentioned McDonald's. We 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 used armed officers in arenas to protect basketball teams and singers and bands. We use them in stadiums to protect football and baseball players and fans in nightclubs to protect DJs and bartenders and drinkers. We put armed security in government buildings to protect politicians, in courtrooms to protect judges and witnesses and jurors, in banks to protect our money, but we won't put them in schools to protect our kids. Why are kids in last place, Neil? They're in last place because they don't vote and they don't give billions of dollars to the Democratic Party. If kids gave billions of dollars to the Democratic Party, they would be protected by the same M4 carbines that, sur- that surround the Capitol every day. That's very well said, and uh, but they don't deserve that because, as you pointed out, they, there's no benefit. There's no political or financial benefit to protecting them. Hey, Neil, it's already 1120. It is 1129. I don't want to cut somebody short by taking a phone call right now, but I will do this. Hey, Bob, Brian from Cleveland. Good morning. Talking about school resource officers, how about the uh, funding comes from, I don't know, maybe uh, we we pull back the money for the Pakistani gender studies, the $40, $60 billion, whatever it is that we pilfered to Ukraine. I'm sure there's lots of other avenues that, you know, just has money laying around, you know, kind of like a slush fund. So funding really shouldn't be that much of an issue. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate you leaving that message at alwaysright.us, and you are exactly right. I mean, how many times, every time they pass another omnibus spending bill, how many times do we look at it and see what's included? What kind of crap and waste uh, is included in these spending packages? Uh, pushed forward by almost always the Democrats, but acquiesced to and allowed and approved by the Republicans, the rhinos in Congress. Um, how many times do we have to see things like that? Genders, Pakistani gender studies, how many millions? Uh, and, and, and just count up the billions collectively of waste that we send overseas. And quite frankly, billions of waste here in the United States as well. 
where that money could be repurposed to recruit, hire, train, and pay school defense officers. And I might change them from school resource officers to school defense officers. These, these are people who are trained here specifically as guards to guard the kids and the staffers and to stop anybody from coming in to harm them. By the way, I posted on my Truth Social account uh, during the last segment uh, kind of a kind of a follow-up to what we were just talking about. I posted two signs next to each other. One of them is a gun-free school zone, zone sign. It says, gun-free school zone, violators will be subject to federal, state, and local criminal penalties. The next one says, warning, staff members are armed and trained. Any attempt to harm children will be met with deadly force. Which of those two signs posted on the door of a school in the United States of America is most likely to deter a school shooter? The gun-free school zone sign or the warning you will be shot sign? Just curious. Find me on uh, on Truth Social at Always Right WHK. I've also posted the same thing on my Facebook page, which is Always Right Radio. Look for me, find me, and we'll be back. left uh, on this uh, Wednesday edition of Always Right Radio. Of course, we turn it over to Bill O'Reilly to take you home until the noon and hour coming up here in just a few minutes. But let's get a few more phone calls in if we can before uh, the end of the broadcast. We're going to go to Westlake first. Joe, thank you for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Uh, hi, Bob. Uh, I have a little different take on this, and I, I don't disagree with anything you said. It's, okay. it's uh, The politics of this is crazy. If you look back over the last three uh, that happened. The first one was um, a black kid who did something, so we don't hear anything about it, just like we don't hear anything about Chicago. Then this one, the second one, Buffalo. This guy wasn't even a Buffalonian. I'm from Buffalo, and it, it really hurts to have something like that happen. It's not Buffalo, <laughs> where Buffalonians are. You look at, <clears throat> and so they, they made a big deal. Uh, he, he had craziness in him about the politics of white, black, everything was white, black, and he, he did an awful thing. And then this one, he's Hispanic, and so now the politics is that it's uh, gun control. And all of these, I think, if you look at what has happened over over time, and you look at this particular situation, these three, and if you look back a little bit farther in Columbine, all the other ones that have happened, these are young guys who are misdirected way out of line, way off the top. What happened to them? What's going on in the country? If you want, I mean, if we want to extrapolate, look at all of these things. Okay, there's psychological problems, but this isn't psychologists that have to be, be heading this off. We've got problems because we've got broken families. The family isn't supported. They, um, these, these kids don't have direction. They don't have anyone at home. They don't have fathering as... Fatherhood is, is is completely denigrated. Motherhood is 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 unimportant to a woman. These are the kind of things that are being sold in society. And some of the byproducts of this is this kind of craziness. This is this is with no one 
at home saying, no, this is not the direction to go. You got it wrong. Don't listen to all of this social media. Don't listen to the politics. Look at the reality. Well, that's I'll kind of what, what I see. It. I'll tell you what, Joe. I think the last two or two of the last words you said, I think, are extraordinarily important. You said social media. Uh, in my, and thank you for the call and for the very astute observations. It is a cultural thing. You know, we can talk about what do we do in the moment about protecting kids. What can we do in the moment about um, you know gun laws or whatever the case people want to debate about? But at the end of the day, it is much larger than in the moment. It is in the time. There's a difference. In the moment, of course, literally means momentarily. In the time means the age and the culture in which this era in which we are raising our kids. Our kids are being raised, sadly, in far too many millions of American homes by TikTok. They're being raised by craving the likes. You understand? They, they crave likes. They want likes. They want retweets. They want shares. They want uh, thumbs-ups. They, they, they want approval for all of the things that they do. And so they try to be trendy. They try to be cool. That's why people who are you know, completely 100% young people, who are completely 100% straight, uh, think, but it's so passe to be straight. And, and it's too terrible to be white because you're white privileged. So I'm not straight. I'm not straight white. I'm 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 bi. I'm trans. I'm bi two spirit. I'm whatever. They they're trendy. So my point being, they're making decisions based not on what mom and dad taught. If mom and dad are both in the home, and the reality is, they're not. An overwhelming number of marriages end in divorce. An overwhelming number of children are being raised in a single-parent household most of the time, almost all of the time, by just a mom who may be trying her best but cannot be a dad. And so they're not being taught the right things, the right from wrong. They're being taught, I want to feel good about myself. I get a dopamine release every time I get a like, every time I get a click, every time I get a share, every time I get whatever. So they're raising themselves on social media, being judged not by parents or priests or or teachers, but by peers or social media, quote-unquote, influencers who mean more to them, whose approval means more to them than any of those other adult authority figures in their lives ever could. So I, I completely concur. We have lost, and that's not to say, by the way, that everyone who's a problem in this country right now is like this 18-year-old shooter in Uvalde, Texas, and they're all you know Gen Zers, but they're millennials too. And as the technology advances, quite frankly, the problems advance. The problems grow and they expand. As kids have kids and they are raised by the screen and raised by the euphoria of being liked and being approved of being told you're trendy you're cool you're hip you're uh you know you're on the right side of history because you're changing and not bowing to cultural norms those cultural norms are what kept us safe and kept us growing and prospering as a culture and a society for generations and they're in danger now i'll leave it there thank you for that great call it's a good one to end on we'll pick up this conversation tomorrow thanks everyone let's go brandon Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.